Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host Narad Muni and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller. So the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. In this episode, we are doing a folk tale from Himachal Pradesh. This one is about a girl in a village in medieval India who can solve any problem, including dealing with demons, cheats, misers, and bill collectors. The story is set a few centuries ago. We begin in a little village where there lived two brothers and two sisters. As happens in many similar stories, the older children were foolish, incompetent and unwise. And the youngest was the smartest. Let's call her Medhavi, which is a Hindi word that literally means intelligent or brilliant. Medhavi lived with her family, her brothers Anadi and Agyan and her sister Saral. And those siblings led to a lot of problems for them collectively. It wasn't that they were looking for trouble. It's just that they were a little foolish at times. Their lack of wisdom got them into situations that did not work out well. Take last week for example. Anadi had borrowed a horse before the owner lost it. And because the owner of said horse was the king himself, the outrage was disproportionate to the crime. Maybe the fact that the horse was richly dressed should have been a clue. Or the other ample signs on the horse, including an owner's label and if found, call this number, label. But Anadi just didn't realize he was doing something wrong. Agyan worked at the palace and he was in charge of the laundry. He had done something unforgivable as well. He had mixed the white clothes with the dark colors and that had ruined the queen's best dresses. And in folk tales, these things typically come in threes. Saral's crime was that she had dared to beat the princess in a race. Saral was too much of a simpleton, like Agyan and Anadi. She did not quite understand when their coach had specifically warned Saral not to go too fast. Well, that race was the last straw. The princess demanded immediate action and the king delivered. That entire family is full of troublemakers. Off with their heads, he ordered. Isn't that a little extreme? asked the queen. Besides, the executioner has been sick. It seems someone gave him a glass of vinegar instead of water. It must have been one of those troublemakers, 
suggested the king. And indeed, it was. They settled on banishing the whole family from the kingdom. The queen pointed out that maybe they should not be doing that to the whole family. After all, they hadn't had any complaints about the youngest child, Medhavi. That's because she's the youngest. She just hasn't had the time yet, the king replied. Besides, it's not like we are going to execute her, he added, even though that was exactly what he had tried to do a minute ago. So they banished the family. And for good measure, they added that no one else would be allowed to help them. If all that wasn't enough, Medhavi's family had to give up all their possessions as well. The money made from selling their possessions could not compensate for the emotional scars the king's horse had endured or for the loss of the princess's face. But it might help restock the queen's wardrobe. And that was a win in the king's book. When the eviction notice was delivered to the family, it was accompanied by a set of armed guards who constantly kept their swords pointed at the troublemakers. The guards also took all the money and jewels that the family owned. Well, almost all. Methavi had the presence of mind to salvage something. She pleaded with the guards to allow her to bake some bread. The guard said that they really mustn't allow her to. They had strict orders from the king. But they gave in when Methavi volunteered to bake a cake for them. While the guards were busy ransacking the house and Medhavi was kneading the dough, no one noticed the girl slip off her rings into the dough. The bread dough, not the cake dough. When they were leaving, Medhavi had a moment scare when the guards wanted the bread in addition to the cake. But... The clever girl also had the presence of mind to drop the bread on the dirty floor, as if clumsily. Then, the guards didn't want it anymore. They also were glad that she had not dropped the cake. Medhavi and her siblings slowly walked through forests and mountains and deserts until they reached a foreign land. At least, the currency here seemed to have the face of a different king. Not the very capricious ruler whose kingdom they had lived in. I have an idea, began Anadi. All we have to do is wait for the next time they are filming a Bollywood movie in this village. Then we can try to get a new job as extras. That's a silly idea said Agyan. What if they are filming a Bollywood movie and they don't want extras? What will you do then? No, I have a much better idea. Here's what we'll do. We'll borrow money from a loan shark. We'll buy some grains and hoard them 
and then sell them when the price rises. Without any short selling regulations to stop us, we'll make virtually unlimited money. Very good, Agyan, said Medhavi. That might actually work if a loan shark lends us money. A loan shark who lends money to complete strangers is unlikely to still be in business. Why go to all those complicated lengths? Sarah asked. I see a baker's shop right here. He has food on display right there. Let's just open the jar and eat all the cookies inside it. The simpleton that she was, Saral probably forgot about the whole concept of paying people in return for goods and services. Kind of like her namesake that everyone is familiar with, come income tax deadline. People, people, those are all great ideas, but let's not get carried away at this stage. Let's aim for something small and achievable first. We are really starting from zero here. I think the right thing to do is mostly what Agyan said. But without the loan shark. Oh, but the loan shark part was the best, in my opinion, Agyan protested. Medhavi ignored him. She, instead, grabbed the loaf of bread and crumbled it into pieces, revealing the jewels she had hidden there. She suggested that Agyan take the ruby and exchange it for a barrel of money. With all that money, they would be able to afford food and shelter for a month. After that, they'd manage somehow. Medhavi should have been the one to go. But the jeweler would likely not give her a favorable exchange rate. So while Medhavi, Saral and Anadi were busy touring for homes they could move into, Agyan walked around town until he found a jeweler's shop. That was unfortunate, because the owner was a cheat. He could see right away that the ring Agyan had brought him was worth a fortune. It's worth nothing, said the jeweler. But I feel sorry for you. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll loan you five rupees. You still have to pay me back. Yippee, thought the ignorant Agyan. To him, this was the best of both scenarios. He would get some money and it would be a loan, just like he'd always wanted. The jeweler asked Agyan to have a seat while his helper fetched the five rupees. No, not that chair. And not that one either. Take this chair instead, he directed. Agyan followed instructions and discovered that it was a trick chair. Its bottom did not exist. So when Agyan tried to sit, he slipped straight through a secret trapdoor in the floor. It was like a playground slide, except this one led Agyan 
straight into a dungeon. Medhavi and the others waited for Agyan for a long time. Finally, Anadi went next with a diamond. He too chanced upon the same jeweler. And he too sat on the wrong chair. The silver lining was that he no longer had to wonder what had happened to his brother again. Medhavi and Saral waited again, but there was no sign of their brothers. Saral suggested that maybe she should go try selling a jewel. Don't you see a pattern emerging here? Medhavi protested. We have four jewels. There are four of us. And if the story is formulaic, you'll be caught as well. Then it'll be up to me to rescue you against all the odds, Medhavi replied. Besides, I have a great plan. She hid the remaining jewels and then changed her clothing into that of a man. She went looking for a job in the king's court. Medhavi introduced herself as a man, obviously. Otherwise, there was no hope of landing a job. Thankfully, she could keep her name. Because Medhavi is luckily a gender-neutral name. The king was happy to give this young lad a job. Truth be told, he was just waiting to palm this off to the first outsider who did not know the story of the vacant positions. This was not quite like the Defense Against the Dark Arts teaching physician, if you remember your Harry Potter. This was much worse because the king, in this case, was not really obligated to disclose all the challenges of this role. There was one big catch that he really should have mentioned when signing Medhavi onto the payroll. And that was a Rakshasi who was terrorizing the whole kingdom. The Rakshasi could shapeshift and she fed on a diet of people. Medhavi would become the Chaukidar of the kingdom. Her job was to walk around town, beating her stick and screaming that all is well. It seems counterproductive to scream like that and wake up people in deep sleep. But that was the way the king wanted it. Medhavi, besides being clever, was also very brave. Even at 3 a.m., when Medhavi saw someone appear out of nowhere, she did not really mind. This was the kind of scene that has played out a countless times in thriller movies. Except, the shape that appeared was that of a beautiful woman who was crying. But it really wasn't a woman. It was a Rakshasi in disguise. The Rakshasi, now in human shape, was sobbing crocodile tears. And Medhavi had to comfort her. The Rakshasi claimed to be the widow of the man they had hanged this morning. His body was still hanging from the gallows. All she wanted, 
she said, was to hug her husband goodbye. Would this kindly chowkidar please carry her to the gallows? She asked. Medhavi did not suspect a trap and gladly did so. She carried the considerably heavier Rakshasi up on her own shoulders. And when the two of them reached the gallows, Medhavi noticed something very strange about this woman on her shoulders. The woman wasn't hugging her husband, but she seemed to be eating him. Yes, the Rakshasi was beginning to lose her human form. In theory, the Rakshasi had been saving the Chaukidar for dessert. But Medhavi was not going to wait for her to slowly devour her. She swung into action, pulled out a sword and sliced at the Rakshasi. It only took a couple of blows to put the Rakshasi out of action. This was something no one had managed to do. I guess everyone in the kingdom lacked the courage to do something about the Rakshasi. But when they saw what she had done, they lost no time in celebrating her achievement. She was practically carried back to the palace. The king was incredibly impressed by this boy and said he could have anything he wanted. Even unto half of my kingdom, he added. But Medhavi did not want that. She claimed that all she needed was a SWAT team. A SWAT team? Why? asked the king, all puzzled. But Medhavi promised to reveal the whole story later. This was a time-sensitive request. She took the king's best SWAT team and walked across the village square. There was a jeweler's store. She went in and saw right away from the arrangement of the chairs that something was not right. Why did the jeweler have an extra chair right there? She refused his offer for her to take a seat. Instead, she signaled the SWAT teams to enter and search the property. Of course, they found Agyan and Ajnavi in the dungeon. They were underfed, but happy to have been freed. The jeweler was imprisoned for life, as the king pronounced. The only thing left was rewarding Medhavi. The king was so thrilled that he suggested that the boy should marry his daughter and inherit the kingdom. That's when Medhavi thought that maybe it was finally time to explain her backstory. She fessed up. The king understood, but it took him a long while to do so. It's not clear why the jewelers chose to hang on to the brothers instead of doing something more drastic and irreversible. Alternatively, he could have simply held on to the jewels and not paid Medhavi's brothers. It would just be the jeweler's word against that of the strangers. No prizes for guessing which way the jury would vote. 
But I guess if the jeweler had been smart enough to figure that out, it's unlikely that he'd be just a mediocre villain in this story. That's all I have for this week. A few notes. I made a few minor changes from the original story. The original tale had a father, his son, and his four wives. But the role of the father and the son were largely meaningless. I think they were included because in the patriarchal society that the story originated in, it would have been unthinkable not to have the protagonist appear inferior to an elderly male figure. As is usual on the show, the names of the characters represent the roles they play. Medhavi means intelligent or brilliant. Anadi is clumsy, ignorant or inexperienced. Agyan is a person who lacks knowledge. And Saral means simple. That's all I have for now, but an important announcement. As of this week, it's now been two years since I started this podcast. This is a huge milestone for me, and I could not have gotten here without the feedback and support that I've received from you. As a token of my appreciation, I'll have a special bonus episode available for you midweek. Appropriately, it's a story featuring me. If you have comments or suggestions, or if there are particular stories that you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at sfipodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. A big thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you next time.